every time we have this gospel passage, I can't help but think um, anyone who reads the scriptures and say there's nothing at all kind of humorous or funny in it needs to read them again. Because uh, if you read it on the strict level, and, and I really encourage you to do this, pay attention. So Elizabeth has said his name will be John. Zechariah uh, was mute. He couldn't, he couldn't say anything. But what do the people do? They make signs. They're not mute. Zechariah is not deaf. And yet they're making signs. And not only that, but they're making signs of all, apparently all sorts of other names. Elizabeth, the wife, the mother, the one who gave birth, should have more say than anyone else, but they write down all these other names, apparently, and make all sorts of signs. Well, should we name him Zachariah? Should we name him uh, whatever, whatever else? And nowhere on those, those signs, apparently, was there the name John, the name that Elizabeth wanted this child to be called, the name that somehow Zachariah must have told Elizabeth his name should be John, the name that was revealed by the angel. And so Zachariah has to ask for a tablet See, he was mute, but they were completely senseless. They couldn't hear, they couldn't speak, they weren't even thinking. And when John uh, is named John because of the, the tablet that Zachariah eventually gets and writes his name on, Zachariah's mouth is opened up and we have that great song that is dropped out Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty people, or a mighty Savior. Zechariah begins to prophesy exactly what this child is to do. And we might say, well, what's in a name? And you've heard me say this before. And, and, uh, you know, names are very important. John means God is gracious, and that's his whole life. He's pointing towards how God is gracious, how God is gifting his people with his presence. And John's whole life is to point to Jesus Christ, and we hear that in today's second reading as Paul is preaching. He tells them that John himself prophesied, there's one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to unfasten the sandals of his feet. That's pretty unworthy. That's pretty unworthy. By uh, Jewish custom, not even a slave was required to take the sandals off the master's feet. John is saying, I'm not even worth that. I'm less than a servant, less than a slave. John understood that the one who was coming, the one who was to be born six months after him, was more important. I I was reflecting on this. We we can say, well, um, sometimes in our common usage we talk about, well, before I was even a thought in my my father's eyes or, or, or whatever. But before we existed, before we were conceived, we did not exist. 
maybe in the mind of God, he, because he is eternal, he, he understands us, but nowhere else do we exist. And John the Baptist, from that first moment of his conception, began to exist, of course. But he tells us, before I came into being, the one who is coming after me existed. He's pointing towards the eternity of the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God. So John must have had a grasp of the immensity of his task. And Zechariah must have had a grasp of the immensity of John's task. His name will be John. His name is John. Because God is gracious. God is gracious not only giving us this son to take away our shame of barrenness, but God is gracious because this son is going to prepare a people for the Lord to turn their hearts, as we heard last night, to turn their hearts back to God, to make ready the way of the Lord.